This is the Finding Strong Podcast. Push your limits, win the day, find your strong. Here's another episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Gates, and sitting here with Coach Mark Battenhorn. What's going on? And we're also sitting here with Mason, the Border Collie Australian Shepherd. Mason Blackpaw the, the third. Mason Blackpaw the third. He is right, right. sitting right next to me. Um, so Pat, how is your Wednesday going? Um, Wednesday's pretty good. Uh, I had a uh, Went for went to go for a run earlier, and I was just I don't know what it was, but kind of bonked out, and I was just went home and made a smoothie. But I had a good workout in the afternoon, kind of make up for it. So, yeah, well, I find that could be one of two things. One, it could be that your legs are so bowed, and it's hard to get those moves <laughs> forward. Uh, and this is this is from this is from pure coaching experience. And yeah. number two, could be yeah. you might have put yourself out with that with that whopping fifteen pound kettlebell. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe, man, maybe. So keep an eye on that. I mean, swinging that kettlebell around for fifteen thousand reps is the the number one cause. <laughs> I'm just trying to propel myself forward, my friend. Mental fatigue more than yeah. anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so what was your workout today? Give us a workout workout of the day. Uh, so I got a, so I have like some uh, resistance bands that uh, that that are that you know go higher than fifteen pounds. So. <laughs> so I did like uh, some back exercises and I did some like uh, a bunch of burpees um, and some other, some other like anaerobic stuff, body weight stuff that I can oh. just do, do in my tiny little apartment. Oh, very, very nice. Um, I had a 10 mile, 100% humidity, uh, Dallas, like they always say, it's a dry heat, except for it's not, it's just a hundred and. <laughs> like not dry at all um and then um broke up my day with a little trip to the petting zoo took maya to the petting zoo uh i became very close friends with a llama his name is steven and Steven. i made that name up i named him because i oh. felt like i don't know what his name was but i feel like i want to call him steven and as i said that my dog just went away from me i think he's mad <laughs> and i um you know, I was like 300 yards away looking at other animals. And as soon as I'd look back over at him, his eyes would light up and he'd pop his like long neck and head over the fence and like beg me to come back. So every time I come back, he comes sprinting to me and we developed a connection. And if I didn't live in an apartment, I would have tried to buy him. Yeah, uh, honestly, guarantee it. honestly, having a pet llama named Steven would be fucking sweet. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So hopefully I can free hashtag free Steven. I want to see it trending. I want <laughs> I, I want to play from the petting zoo, even though they've done nothing. Um, and yeah, then I went to uh, North Dallas Strength for a strength workout where I was doing some deadlifts. I have to say one funny thing before we jump into this episode. I have to say one funny thing that happened to me. I was doing some floor presses with dumbbells, um, and I was so basically I was laying on my back on the floor pressing them, and. Uh, what was, you know, I was doing my normal thing where I kind of goof around or whatever and annoy my strength coach. And I accidentally clicked them together. And the funniest thing happened because they're like these like coated dumbbells. They're like 
some kind of coating on them, and I hit them together, and the coating chipped off and fell directly into my mouth. <laughs> it was one of the it it like, and I didn't have any time to stop it. It basically went directly into my throat. So <laughs> I am literally one with the iron. That's right. Um, That's right. You're so, mold, you're molding into an Iron Man. Yes. Some people say it. I mean it. I live it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have a very special guest on today, uh, Ben Sa, Benjamin Sa, Benjamin underscore Sa on Instagram, and um, he's a he's a friend of mine. He's somebody who I draw a lot of motivation, inspiration from. He moved to the United States, New York specifically, um, from Ghana, uh, just over ten years ago, and he's dealt with a lot of struggles you know, moving over here as, as you can imagine, the culture shock, it has to be tremendous. And, um, I, I love how he talks about his struggles, about how he used fitness to overcome them. Uh, the advice that he offers his mindset on everything, you know, and I, I also really just truly love how that translated to his first ultra marathon. And it's a story that I love when he tells it. And I think I'll start telling it to people. Yeah, definitely. When he like goes into his stories and everything like that and all the stuff that he's went through and how he's overcome really shows like the strength of his character. He's quite the human being. Yeah. And, and Pat, and you said earlier, he really just demonstrates or reinforces everything we talk about when we talk about mindset on this podcast, he is a living, walking, breathing example of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a tremendous and accomplished runner and coach, um, but he's also built like an NFL running back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe that doesn't even do him justice. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's not even impressive enough, but like he is truly a fantastic athlete, a fantastic person, a fantastic coach, uh, father and husband. And I think it was so great that we were able to have him on this podcast. Yep. Can't wait for you to hear him. Yep. So, uh, everybody, Mason says goodbye and time to get on to this episode with Benjamin Sa. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Gates, sitting here with Coach Mark Bottom. Hello, hello, hello. And we have a very special guest today, Ben Hello, everybody. Sa. I'm happy to be here today. Yeah, thanks for coming on, yeah. Ben. I'm Ben's a friend of mine. We just did an Instagram live show together. That was a lot of fun. I'm happy to be uh, combining with you on some things and happy to have you on this podcast. Perfect. I, I truly think that uh, that live was, uh, um, was a great hit. Um, and thank you, Mark, for, for coming on and sharing your, your expertise, sharing your wisdom, sharing your, uh, your knowledge to everybody uh, who tune in. And I think, I think it's really going to... Um, impact a lot of people you know and so every now and then i will try to push people out there uh, to get some more knowledge from it so thanks for to, for coming on and um, i'm glad to be here today yeah man my pleasure pat did you hear that expertise wisdom knowledge yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> all right so so ben is a is a runner a, a fitness personality a coach um, someone who's heavily involved in kind of the, the, the strength training, the uh, alternate training methods, and you're based in New York City, is that right? That is correct. Um, I live up in the Bronx. Um, for those of you listening from, uh, from New York City, I live by, uh, by Pelham uh, Bay Park area. Uh, it's a little bit north of, um, of the Bronx, um, but I work in the city. I work for New York Roadrunners, so I kind of 
uh, split my day between, actually right now we're all stuck at home, but I typically I spend half of the day uh, in Manhattan uh, working at New York Roadrunners um, office. And uh, the rest of the time I'm, I'm up uh, Northern Bronx uh, with a family. Yeah. Nice. Wonderful, man. That seems like a great job. New York Roadrunners is a great organization. It's somebody that uh, we at New Balance partner with frequently. Uh, so that's it's really cool to combine on that front, too. Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, Benjamin, you're not initially from New York City, right? So why don't you, t- why don't you take us through uh, kind of your childhood and how you got started in running and kind of fitness? Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't born in the United States. Um, I came to the United States, I think it was August. Um, I left Ghana. Actually, I was born in Ghana. So I left Ghana. Um, August tenth, I landed in New York, New York City, JFK. August eleventh, uh, twenty, two thousand and nine, I believe. So I've been here a little over ten years now. Uh, prior to coming to the United States, um, I kind of have a similar story as you, Mark. Um, I never played any organized um, um, running. I'd never got involved in any organized running activity. Um, I played pickup um, soccer games. Uh, if you know West Africa, you know, everybody plays soccer. So I, I played a lot of a lot of football, you know, Ghanaian term, uh, but American term would be soccer. So I played a lot growing up, um, very um, loosely, uh, nothing organized, um, nothing professional, but it's something that I, um, that I was heavily involved in, um, from my childhood all the way through my um, early adulthood um, before I came to the United States. So I never, I never been to the gym. Um, yeah. If you open a gym business in Ghana, you probably will fail, um, at least up until the time I left, because uh, nobody will want to go to the gym. Uh, so I never went to the gym. I never ran track. Um, I played soccer you know, growing up. Um, so I moved to the United States about 10 years ago. Um, and because I met uh, my fiance, now my wife, um, who came to um, do volunteer work um, in the same nonprofit that, uh, that I was working for. Uh, so I was volunteering for that nonprofit. She came to um, work for that same nonprofit. That is how we, we met. So we did a little bit uh, about six years of uh, long distance. And then that is why I, um, I moved to the United States to, uh, to join her here. Um, but uh, what got me into running um, and fitness, actually, I started with, uh, with gym workout first. Um, I'll be very honest, like the early stages, maybe the first couple of years was, you know, was okay uh, because I had a fiance here. I you know I was new, you know, everything was going well. But a couple of years after my arrival, you know, life kind of... Um, kicked me in the butt, you know, it was a little bit difficult. Um, I was having a hard time adjusting. I was having a hard time just going through life in general, and I will try to keep it very, very brief. Um, so I just needed a place to just go and forget about everything, you know, forget about all the problems that I've been thinking about, all the issues that I've been going, going through at home. So the gym became a, um, and this is the word that I use, a place of refuge for me. So I will go to the gym almost every day for a couple hours. 
um, with no guide, with no structure, with no plan in mind. I would just go there because I needed a place to just um, just hang and do something that would take my mind away from um, whatever else is bothering me at that time. So I kept going for, for many months and um, um, at some point, maybe seven, eight months into that, um, people would, you know, randomly ask me, oh, do you go to the gym? Do you do this? You know, initially I wasn't even thinking about it, but I had to think about it. And it looks like I had transformed my body, you know, from how I was when I started to where I was, you know, when people started asking questions. So, so I started paying attention a little bit more and I realized that, you know, the, the workout that I've been doing, the work that I've been doing in the gym has literally just tra- transformed my body. So that kind of gave me a little bit of confidence. Um, and that confidence kept building up. You know, I kind of found something that I know I have a little bit more control over that I can, I'm pretty good at, you know, even if, you know, even when I started, I didn't have any plan, any structure, no guidance. I was able to do something out of it. So that gave me some confidence to keep going, um, you know, even more. And then I started taking on running. You know, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit more. So I worked for New York Road Runners. I realized uh, running is free for us. So I signed up for a whole bunch of races. Um, I started, I think, with four mile races. Um, my time at that time was, wasn't as, as good as, you know, I am now. So, you know, four miler, five Ks. 10 miler, 10 Ks, half marathons. Um, and I realized we had an ultra marathon too. Uh, that happens once a year uh, in New York City, nine times in Central Park. Uh, I think it's used to call Nika Boca. Uh, Mark, you probably know about this one. Uh, so I said, you know what, let me jump in this because I want to take on some more challenge. Um, so with very minimal training, actually, maybe a lot of you know, gym workout with the longest run I did was um, 18 miler. I jumped into the race and uh, I, comp- I completed my first uh, 60, 60 kilometer race with very minimal training. So that, it, and Mark, I told you in our, our Instagram live, I almost gave up on it at, after my uh, lap six, uh, but I kept pushing through. And uh, getting through that race was a game changer for me. Uh, that that boosted the you know the, the the confidence to a whole new level. And uh, at that point, I just went crazy. And uh, and the rest is a history. You know, now, now I'm just looking for more challenge. You know, looking to do more for myself. And in turn, uh, because of how I started, I've made it a I've made it the point. I've made it the decision and effort to. To encourage people that they can do the same, even if they don't have any background with running, fitness, anything. If they just believe in themselves and they put a little bit of work into it, they can they can do exactly what I did. So that's a brief story. Um, if you wanna, you know, ask some follow up questions, I'll be happy to dig a little bit more in depth on that. No, I I do. I think. Um... One thing you said you didn't want to elaborate too much on the uh, on the struggles or take up too much time with that, but I think that's a really important aspect because um, a lot of people and, and a lot of people who listen to this podcast and, and just pretty much everybody in general are going to be faced with struggles and hardships and um, you know, I think you using fitness to maybe kind of overcome those mm-hmm. uh, and blossoming into something, I think that's a story that's not unlike that of my own or that of Patrick's or uh, that of others and I think that's something that's really unique. Was it 
was it the the struggles of you know was it kind of a culture shock uh, moving to this new place or um, I mean I mean what were the what were the things that you were facing moving from 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 Ghana to to the United States? Yeah, very very good question. Okay, and uh, so um, the first thing is um, you know I had uh, I've spent maybe twenty two years of my life um, back in Ghana. And I literally just moved here with, with just uh, one suitcase, right? So I've left um, the entire family. I've left the entire life, you know, life or relationships that I built in Ghana. Um, I've left, you know, friendships. I've left um, culture. I've left... Um, and um, and when I got here, you know, I had some, I had few things in mind that, you know, I was very confident that certain things will happen at certain times. Uh, but I had to get married, you know, right away because of the 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 um, the visa that I used to come here. Uh, so that put a little bit pressure on me. Uh, that kind of put a little bit more pressure, you know. Um, now I've become a husband. Um, there's a little bit more pressure to, um, you know, to, to do certain things and um, um, have to start my whole new career. Um, I had finished um, undergrad right before I came here. Um, I didn't know what I had to do with it. Um, when I tried to transfer my credit here to the United States, they said the equivalence of what I have to what we have in the United States is very different. So if you want your degree, uh, which was uh, electrical engineering, uh, you have to pretty much start again. So I think the biggest thing was, you know, just it, it hit me hard knowing that, you know, I pretty much lost like 20, 21, 22 years of my life, you know, and having to reorganize myself and reestablish myself and find a new identity for myself and uh, become a new person and start building a whole new uh, person. Uh, that, I think, that was the most challenging part for me. And it was very unbearable. And I'm the type of person, I try not to bother people with, you know, what's going on with me. I find ways to deal with it myself. So I guess, you know, just keeping everything in and trying to figure it out all by myself and so, you know, hitting the gym and just sweating it out uh, and just going hard on those weight, um, um, I thought, you know, maybe the adrenaline, you know, <laughs> kind of kicked in and um, helped me with a little bit more stress relief. And, um, and so I hope I answered the question. It's just a lot of, a lot of stress and um, stuff that I had to sort through um, when I came here. No, I think you. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Patrick. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like playing playing in like a college soccer team, we had like some international guys. One actually being from Ghana, and then one from like uh, like Lebanon mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, it's, it's like you don't really know like their perspective on mm-hmm. on things at all. So it's like they're they're just there like living, and their parents are you know overseas or whatever mm-hmm. in a different country, and you just think that they're, they're just here by themselves, and you think they're just all right, or if they're mm-hmm. like in a grumpy mood, you don't know. Like, they're just like, oh, that, that guy's like mm-hmm. being an asshole, but you don't really know what anyone's mm-hmm. really going through, and you don't know their perspective until like you actually 
kind of like understand what they're talking about or or what mm-hmm. they're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that you. I mean, I think you certainly answered the question. Um, I mean, those are some some heavy issues to deal with. I think it's a I think it's a beautiful story. I mean, you moved here pretty much solely because of your wife, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like how, that's such a beautiful story right there, and 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 you made it work, and and you dealt with all those setbacks, and I'm I'm so happy to see where you are now. Like that's to me, it's a success story, uh, in and of itself. So that's inspirational in a lot of ways, and I think the way that you overcame it, a lot of people will identify with that. Yeah, because so many of listeners um, do that same thing and use exercise or fitness or you know strength or whatever it is to cope with their uh, the things they're struggling with. Yeah, and uh, and Mark and. Um... Um, Patrick, guess who? You know, it, it hasn't. It, it, you know, there has been. Um, you know, I've separated. You know, I'll be very, very blunt and open here. Um, I've separated. You know, multiple times. And if my wife listened to this later on, she would know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, we've, we've, you know, we've separated. You know, m- numerous times, several, several times. Um, and and during those times, you know, I would always, you know, think that the issue is not my issue, you know. I would always, you know, blame and blame and blame and blame. And one thing that I've discovered from, you know, this whole experience, you know, finding the confidence within yourself, you know, it just teaches you to, to be responsible. It teaches you to be in control of your own self, right? And um, and that is the biggest thing that I've gotten from this whole experience. Um, I feel like I'm in control. You know, if anything happens, I take full responsibility. Um, I know what's happening. I, you know, it's like when people say, "Oh, you know, it's a it's a mistake." Yeah, I get it. It's a mistake, but something you initiated that mistake. You know, so now I kind of like. Um, I've, I've I've learned to you know you know one thing that I've learned is that it's a commitment not not um it's a commitment so everything is commitment you know whether it's in relationship in running in fitness in anything you have to be, you have to commit uh, in order for it to make it work and Mark you said it really really well in our chat um the last time you know if it doesn't mean anything to you you wouldn't put the work. <laughs> to it to make it work right so um i've adopted that same philosophy um once i you know started believing a lot more in myself and knowing that i can i can do certain things if i made the commitment um it's just i commit if i don't want to do it i don't want to do it but if i want to do it i'm committed to do it so it's been more than just you know building a building a nice physique or being able to run and lift and do a whole bunch of stuff for your body, but deep down, I I feel really um, I feel like I'm in control of my life again. And um, you know, obviously there will be some down days, but because you really know who you are as a person, it doesn't take a lot to bring yourself back up again. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I'm glad that you bring that up. I think that um, what what people see, I think, or what people expect is that. Um, you know, we often talk about like, like I talk about running and, and, 
all of the positive things that has brought me in my life. But it's not necessarily the act of running. It's it's the growth um, from some of the attributes I learned or have used during running and translated into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that accountability and what you're talking about and taking ownership mm-hmm. over who you are as a person, over, over what your flaws may be, <laughs> over what your weaknesses are, over what your strengths are. Um, I think all those are so important. And I think that if, if people are going to overcome whatever struggles or setbacks um, they have, and I think it's important not to deflect blame uh, like you were talking about or, or kind of uh, become some kind of victim. Instead, take ownership and, and realize what's going wrong and why it's going wrong. And then you can go about fixing it once you uh, have that first kind of step. And I think that, again, you're, you're an example of that. And I think it's really important that, that you shared that part because no matter what you do, you have to have the why, you have to have the driving force behind it, but you have to have the accountability and the ownership to say that I'm committed to this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to get better. And that means growth is uncomfortable and it's painful um, and it's scary and it's uncertain. And there will be other roadblocks and there will be other barriers, but I'll make it through. And I think that the more you do it, the more confident you become. And you are a shining example of that, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely really liked how he used like the, the gym as like your place of like refuge um, because I can definitely relate to that. Like, uh, running or going to the gym, it's a place where I can just either just plug in my headphones and work out or go for a run. And like, I just let my mind wander and just think about all the things that I want to accomplish or things I need to work on or just things that are going on at work. Or it just like that place of refuge, like it builds, it builds character, that place, a place of struggle or a place of pain, that refuge. Uh, that's where, that's where I'm, you're the most honest with yourself. Yeah, Pat, and the thing about you is I know you go to the gym mostly to socialize because when you mm. – because yeah. okay. you have a 15-pound max on the kettlebell swing. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you're not working too hard. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's still coming up. All right, okay. Anyway, back, back, to, back to Ben. He's what's important, <laughs> the guest of honor. Um, it's not about how much stronger I am than you, Patrick. It's, it's about Ben today. And <laughs> All right. <laughs> whatever you say brother whatever you say and, and so and so ben you, how many races do you think you've run in now at this at this point um i think i've run over 80 races with new york road runners uh this include uh six 60 kilometers and um outside new york road runners i've run maybe i've run cherry blossom in washington dc um i've run um another 50k race in um queens Ali pond park um okay so so this is like a registered races that i've run yeah. ben you still there yeah can you can you hear me yep i can, we can hear you fine yeah. yeah so um Outside the registered race with New York Roadrunners, I think, Mark, you probably know. Uh, so last November, I uh, I don't know what, what happened to me. I just started a new challenge to run 50, uh, 50 marathons in 52 weeks, uh, kind of aligning it to the New York Roadrunners' uh, 50th anniversary. Uh, so the plan was uh, to run 50 marathons to hit um, – 2020 New York City Marathon. So I started this challenge November 2nd, 2019. Uh, and I I just wrapped it up uh, uh, not too long ago because I didn't want to you know, keep doing it. 
Uh, so that I got about 22 marathons from it. Uh, so, so you ran 22 marathons in 22 weeks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, that's, that's so, so I had the registered races. I've also done my own races. Um, that is the marathon challenge, uh, 22 marathons in 22 weeks. So altogether about a um, hundred and something between one miler all the way to 60 kilometers. Wow. So that's quite the impressive resume. I mean, you've raced uh, certainly more than I have, more than Patrick and I combined, probably, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Uh, so that's impressive. Um, and wh- which race has been your favorite? Uh, that's if a very you had to good pick question. one. Uh, so the one that I would say is my favorite. Um, can I pick two? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you can pick two. You can so, pick two. I'll allow it. So, um, so the first one was uh, the Bronx 10-miler. Uh, so, you know, you guys run races, so you know, like, you put, they put you in different corrals. And so New York Roadrunners, they put you in different corrals based on your, your 10K pace. Uh, so in order for you to move into corrals, you get to run a little bit faster, you know, um, in your 10K races. So... The Bronx 10-miler was my first, uh, was the race that moved me from Corral B to Corral A, which is right after the professional. So uh, I think I ran 106 um, for the 10-miler. So that moved me from Corral B to A. Uh, So that was the the one that is very, um, like, I remember it the most because of what they did in terms of where I'm placed in the in the races and the Staten Island half marathon uh that was my first half marathon I ran uh just under one one thirty uh so that also it's very special um special to me um and maybe by the um my first 60 kilometers was a was a struggle uh but being able to get it through without any marathon, uh, without any structured training, um, I thought it was uh, it was good too. So I gave you three. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. I love this. I love the story of the of the ultra marathon you ran. So it's nine loops of Central Park. Am I? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, and and you almost went home after six, I and almost, you went to your bag. <laughs> I almost went home. I almost went home. So, so you were you were dejected and you went to your bag and uh, you were getting ready to go home, but you realized you had, you brought another pair of shoes with you, right? So you changed into them and thought, you know what, I'll give it a go, and you stuck it out. Absolutely, yeah. So I really didn't know how, you know, uh, Mark, please uh, jump in if you can. Uh, so I was getting, you know, muscle pulls from every angle possible, um, and. <laughs> And I, I really, I was, I, I, I never experienced that kind of feeling before because I've never run past 18 miles before. So everything that I was feeling was, was brand new to me. Um, I was literally um, jogging sideways because when I go forward, I, it was painful. It was hard for me. So I had to, you know, run sideways, dragging myself sideways. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, so after loop six, uh, it, the the mental fight was you know was pretty hard. Uh, it was hard, hard for me. Um, the mind was winning, so I said, you know what? Um, I'm just gonna grab my 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 bag and just you know 
call it a day. I think and I think at my six, I've already I did loop six. I got it close to a to a marathon. Um, so I got there and I saw my new pair of shoes and I said, oh, you know what? Let me change my shoes and see if it will feel better. So I put the new shoes on. Uh, a little bit painful to get up, but uh, once I got up, I kind of get a new fresh of energy. I don't know how that happened. And I just jump on the course again. Um, the good thing about this race is it doesn't, they don't count, they count from when you start until when you finish. So it doesn't matter what you do in between. You can take a nap uh, as far as you're meeting the, the cutoff time. I think it's still good. So that was, that is something that worked on my favor. So I got, I jumped back in. Um, I did seven laps. I did eight laps. And then the ninth lap, um, I was just jogging and walking, jogging and walking, going sideways, dragging my body. I said, you know what, at this point, I'm just going to drag myself to the finish line. Um, and that's how I was able to finish the first one. Okay, yes. So that I love that story because, um, one, briefly, what do you think that that you gained from that? I mean, you had to gain a bunch of confidence, at least in your own mental strength and ability and willpower. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and I tell this story, I, you know, I told Mark in our chat, um, 2018 was my fastest bike, uh, 60K. Uh, but I'm not super impressed about that compared to the very first one uh, because of what, uh, what I gained from the first one. Because I think the first one laid the foundation for the remaining five that came after that. Um, I knew what to do. Um, I, I knew that, you know, if I trained a little bit more, I could even do better. I knew um, that my mind is strong enough and I knew where my limit is and where I need to push a little bit more. So it gave me a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things to work with, you know, other than just the confidence. Um, I was ready. I mean, Luckily for me, like I kind of get recovered a little bit faster. So after two, after three, four days, I was ready to, you know, to go back and challenge myself again. So at that point, that is when I made the decision that I'm going to run 10 of these um, straight um, year after year after year, just for my own, um, you know, mental toughness. Um, and when I tell people this, I said, the ultra running is more mental you know mental training than the physical training you you test yourself a lot more um you training your mind to be a lot fitter you know rather than your body um so that was a very very uh that was a deal breaker for me and it's really made me who i am right now um right now i don't i'm not scared of anything um in terms of fitness if i can do it i would say give me a little bit time to practice and and get, and get good at it because I know that there is no limit when it comes to the human being. It's all about what we put on, the limit that we put on ourselves. That is what's crippling us. So I think the first ultra marathon is what really elevated me and gave me the confidence to do a whole lot of things that I'm, that I'm doing right now. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, what I see is like you've just developed this kind of this no quit, just fighting spirit where you think you can take on anything. And um, I see so many, so many races do that. When I ran my first ultra marathon, I'd never run over 14 miles before. 
Mm-hmm. I'd never raced over 10 miles, and Pat was there. Um, yeah. So we flew down to Florida, and um, when the gun went off, I took off. And um, I didn't have much plan except for I just needed to run a certain time because I wanted to run uh, in the North Face 50 miles, like a bucket list race for me. Uh, so I needed to get a certain qualifying time, and I think it was under four hours to be considered for like elite uh, in this trail 50k. And um, I ended up, I mean, at some points I was, I think I was in un- uncharted territory because I never ran over 14 miles. And at one point I was at mile 16 and 17, and I was like in the 540 per mile, 540, 548, 552 for mile 16 and 17. And um, I didn't know any better. Like nobody, nobody ever told me, and I never felt that pain. So, um, in, in a way it worked out really well. And each time I saw them at the aid station, I, I came to the first aid station with nothing. I was like feeling great. And then I came to the next aid station and I got some water. So I'm feeling good. And I came to the third aid station. I said, ah, feeling all right. And I, they asked me how I'm feeling at the fourth aid station. I said, not great. Fifth aid station. I said, I feel like a piece of shit. And then I did everything. <laughs> Those are that's an that's an exact quote. That's an exact. Quote. I came flying through the aid station, just saying that, and uh, I felt like I was running probably ten minute per mile pace, but I was still running six probably six thirty pace or something. And uh, I remember that last. I made it through the I made it through the marathon in two forty six uh, for wow. the split of that uh, on this trail course that was kind of muddy and it was in Florida in January, so it was hot, and we came from Michigan, so it was freezing where we came from. And uh, the last the last 8k i was like doing the math because this really good runner sean weber was in second place and he won a lot of accolades a lot of races and i was doing the math and i was like okay so even if i slow down two minutes per mile he'd still need to run like a 10k world record to beat me and it was at that point my mind started winning and i was like just slogging myself in and uh i made it in but i was the last three miles i was definitely in the pain pain Mm -hmm. cave Mm -hmm. and that made me realize like i didn't even run and that ended up being one of the fastest 50 K times in North America that year. And it, it didn't even, you know, it was my debut race. I didn't know what to expect. I was hurting. I didn't have any strategy. Um, I wasn't trained properly for it. Like two weeks before I was doing mile repeats, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, I was just training by feel. And, and then it made me realize that I have so much more within me Mm -hmm. that same. And that any limitations I have are self-imposed. I didn't start truly hurting and start feeling bad until the end of the race because I knew that I could let off without winning. If he would have been on my tail, I would have had more and more to give. Mm-hmm. And then I realized just how much of that is a mental component. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that changed my outlook on running. Uh, personally, it changed my outlook on what I'm capable of, not only in running, but in life. And um, eventually I'd go on to make a, a career out of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not, not necessarily racing, but out of, out of insurance, out of insurance, sports and also insurance. Um, and you know, luckily we made it home alive. Because Pat, you remember that plane almost crashed? <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. It went, went to land, and then went, it took right back off up in the air. Yep. And... Yep. Oh, wow. it, it, we were about twenty-five feet away from touching down on the runway, and it just like accelerated and oh, took no. back off in a go round. And I didn't know that was like a standard practice at that point, so I thought that the landing gear was broken. One. Or two, the pilot hit the wrong button and sped up instead of slowed down. So I, I thought either way, this is bad. And uh, luckily, we made it on the ground. I think I kissed the ground. You know, when I got when I got home, I, I kissed the airport ground. But uh, but Crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. This was before COVID, so I didn't have to worry about any germs or anything. So, um, but yeah, no, that was uh, 
that was a I had the same kind of experience there where like it's kind of forged in adversity and you, and you learn that so I'm I'm really happy that you brought that up too that's just more inspiration for me in in your story that you have and I have a question for you did you ever feel like you know like in that race you you thought about packing up and taking your bag and going home and it was a very real possibility that you were going to do that um, did you ever think about packing up and going back to Ghana when things were hard here oh um that that i don't i don't i never thought about that um because it's kind of like you know you've you've you know you've taken a leap of of faith and uh you've already like in ghana when you graduate from college you know there's something called national service uh you have to serve uh, for about nine months maybe a year uh, kind of like an internship. It's kind of like a mandatory. So I literally skipped that. And if you don't do that, it's really hard for you to get a job. Um, in Ghana, it's kind of like your way of, you know, uh, um, paying back or something. I don't know. So I escaped yeah. that. I didn't do that because I knew I was coming here. Uh, so when I did the math, you know, just going back is wouldn't make things better for me. Uh, obviously I will have my family back and my friends back. Uh, but I had a lot more, you know, that I would like to accomplish for myself. Um, and the, and the life that I want to have, you know, further down my yeah. life. So, um, although it was a difficult challenge, just a difficult time for me, um, I just had to find a way to get through that, the, um, the difficult stages that I was going through. And I, and again, jumping into the gym wasn't anything planned. Um, but I'm really happy. I'm super, I feel blessed to, to stumble on gym um, at that time because I don't know what else um, or how else my life would have been if I didn't find a gym, if I didn't transform myself, if I didn't build my confidence up. And eventually, not developing some self belief and um, uh, and self worth for myself to keep to keep going at life. I don't know what else would have happened. So um, I think everything worked out to be perfect. I'm not exactly where I want to be now, uh, but I'm, you know, I have full control over my happiness. I have full control over my life. Uh, I don't get. Um, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not sad. You know, because of what's happening. Um, and I think life is all about what you make it out of it. And so, although I'm not a millionaire or having a mansion or anything like that, I'm super happy with with the life that I have right now. And I think finding the gym at that time is what um, what gave me the confidence to to become who I am now. So uh, yeah. So I I don't think I, I don't remember you know, parking and going back to Ghana was a big part of my, my strategy. My strategy was to find ways to get through those hard times. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And that came out and that's just, that just came out in the, uh, in the marathon or the ultra marathon as well, mm -hmm. uh, for you. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I always talk about, um, I think the power that fitness has because, um, it's more than just being, physically healthy or pushing your limits or racing or competing or whatever it may be. Um, I think for, I think just it's so important because it creates 
or helps maybe is the catalyst for so many success stories. Um, and that's one thing that I'll, I'll forever love about it is the friends that I'm, that I've made through it and the, the, the way it shaped me and the way it shaped others. Um, and that's why I think it's so important. And I think that you embody that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the, the coaching that you're doing um, on the side and how you're helping other people maybe follow uh, your lead and follow in your, in your footsteps there with, with fitness? Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, and something real quick um, that I wanted to add to Mark's um, story with the Florida um, race. Uh, and Mark, correct me if I'm wrong or if you never experienced. So uh, one thing that I learned with this, um, this marathon challenge was that, you know, when I was getting into this challenge, I had no coach. I had no nutritionist. I had no guide. I had no technical team. I had no nothing, right? And, uh, right. and I, had, I knew better. I didn't know anything. Um, and I've always heard, you know, like, and I read a lot of books, you know, when I was in my dark days. Uh, and, and I would always stumble on this phrase or this line, um, and I'll paraphrase it. They said, if you, if you make the step, if you take the step and if you stick at it, things magic happen, like things happen, you know. If you just push through it, things happen. I really didn't understand it until when I started this challenge, okay? So, again, I didn't have any team or no knowledge, no experience, no nothing. But uh, once I took the first step, I started learning. I, like, new things, new ideas started coming to me, uh, things that I never thought about uh, when it comes to, you know, nutrition and recovery and, you know, just things that I never knew about was just coming to me even in my running um, or after my first run or after my second run, I was just getting a whole bunch of ideas that I will implement and it will make my next run a lot better and my recovery for the next one a lot better. <laughs> and so I don't know, Mark, if you can relate to this, but like whenever you take a step, even if you don't have all the answers and you, you just jump in, you learn so much, you get a lot that makes the next experience, you know, better and better and better so there's something about you know you know and i think a lot of people struggle with this uh they're very scared they kind of holding themselves back because they they're fear and scared of just jumping in and uh, and one thing that i tell people is just jump in don't worry about the unknowns because there's something in there that you will learn that will make the next experience a lot better so i just wanted to throw that out there uh, if you, anybody want to add anything to it before I get into that, yeah, I think I think well, I think Pat and I would both agree with you. Um, I can speak for Pat in this. Um, we don't do anything uh, half-hearted. We don't do anything without without diving full in, and it's been that way um, for as long as I've known Pat, dating back uh, decades. And when we do something, we do it all in, whether it be from skateboarding to soccer or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, and I think that's the only way to do it. And I think that there's something spiritual and there's something cleansing and purifying about being a beginner at something, uh, making the commitment anyway, being new, frankly, not being very good at it, diving in and, and seeing what you're capable of, testing your metal, seeing if you, if you have what it takes. And maybe that doesn't mean going in um, 
just completely recklessly, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but it, but it could be like your idea of going all in is like I've always wanted to pursue this running thing, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hire a coach, or I want to change my life, so I'm, I'm going to hire a dietitian, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Going all in and following that, and learning on your own, and and, and learning from the experiences and, and the setbacks that you have. And I, I do, I think there's something tremendously beautiful about that that parallels life as it is. Mm-hmm. Very um, true. And and I think there's so much to gain from. Uh, from really going in and there's so much to gain from being a lifelong student and there's so much to gain from from saying I might not be good at this but I'm going to give it hell and see what happens absolutely I don't know and I know Pat you probably agree with that yeah definitely I mean if you don't take that leap of faith you'll then you'll always wonder you know and that's what that's the thing I never want to do I never want to wonder I never want to like or what if what if what if what if I don't I don't want a what if in my life I just want to like go and see what happens. If I fail or I hit a speed bump, cool, then I learn from it. If I succeed, that's awesome too, then I learn from that as well. But yeah, just always got always got to take a leap of faith. Very true. Uh, 100%. Yeah, Ben, you so let's 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 talk about Ben the coach. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, I work for New York Roadrunners. I I don't work for New York Roadrunners as a coach. I work uh, with the youth program, but I have a little uh, coaching program on the side. Um I I I don't I kind of combine a little bit of running and a little bit of fitness um, and throw in some nutrition in there. Uh, my main um, um, what's it called the UPS uh, unique selling proposition. Um, I'm I'm very big on uh, using uh, motivation, um, empowering people to get them to to do the work they need to do in order to get to where they want to be. And I think I spoke a little bit on it uh, with Mark the last time. Um, so the internet gave, opened a door for a lot of information, uh, information flying everywhere. You know, you can get a, a mile training plan to a ultra marathon training plan from the internet um, anytime you want. But what I've, what I've realized, you know, people really like is the, the commitment, the accountability, uh, the consistency because if you're not committed, if you're not staying consistent, it doesn't matter how how good your coach is or how good your training plan is. Uh, you're never gonna see it. You're never gonna get anything out of your uh, your training your training plan. So my my approach, my philosophy is to uh, get people who are struggling to. You know, not to make it to the Olympics or anything, but if you want to run your first marathon, first half marathon, want to actually get into running, uh, get healthy, get fit, um, change your eating habit and live a little bit good, uh, healthy life. Um, My approach is to help you uh, change your mindset and uh, help you believe in yourself, empower you and keep you motivated, keep you accountable so you can make those little habitual change, you know, in in eight weeks, in 12 weeks, in, you know, however many weeks it would take you. So you can make health, you can make running, you can make fitness as part of your lifestyle, not just uh, getting toned for the summer or getting ready for one marathon. My my goal is to help you become healthy and fit for as long as you want. So that is a, yeah. that is a little bit of... Um, approach i i take in this i'm uh, you know like people that i work with i know almost everybody um we we end up become 
uh, like friends, maybe family, uh, because my when when somebody work with me at the end of it, I don't want them to see them fall fall behind again. I want them to keep progressing even after they work. They keep you know they stop working with me. Uh, so that is uh, that is a little bit of uh, my coaching approach, my philosophy uh, when it comes to health and fitness running. Yeah. Okay. Great. So we need to we need to wrap up here pretty soon. But what I do what I do want to make a quick comparison is I think it's interesting um, how you're very focused. I don't, I don't want to say, when I say interesting, that sounds like it has a negative connotation to it. And I don't mean it that way. Um, I think it's, I think it's interesting how, how you aim to provide uh, your clients with the motivation and accountability to get out the door uh, because in a prerequisite of the athletes that I work with um, mm-hmm. and I work with athletes of all abilities. Um, but the requirement for me is that you have to know why you're doing it and you have to, and you have to be able to motivate yourself because I feel that I can provide um, people with the support necessary. Um, I can provide them with excellent proving, you know, excellent proven training uh, that's individualized to them and I can help them execute it. But what I can't do is I can't get them out of the door in the morning mm-hmm. or at night when they're, when they're having a bad day and their Mm -hmm. kids home from school sick or whatever it is, I can't, I can't physically, I can make suggestions, Mm -hmm. but I can't come to their house and carry them out. Right. Mm -hmm. So I need, I need them to have that level of accountability to themselves too. And Mm -hmm. so that's something I try to always make sure of. And, and I think that there there certainly is a market uh, for Mm -hmm. what you're doing. And I think your ability to do that, I think kind of speaks to your character and your personality. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, you know, the, one of the reasons that I show up on Instagram every day is exactly what I just spoke about. Uh, I, you know, you are a great role model. You know, you, you're you not just talking the talk, but uh, you're doing the do as well, you know. And um, and I said this a little bit a while, um, when we spoke. You know, you know, we're all going through something every single day, right? So if, if somebody can jump on your Instagram, Mark, and uh, get a little bit of motivation to help them, do like a five minutes workout, you really help them a lot, you know, in the long run. So that's why I show up every day. I guess to throw something out there uh, that I believe somebody will stumble on it and it will prompt them to do something for that day. Because day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year is what's going to help them build that sustainable lifestyle habit uh, in order for them to keep going. And they've learned something. So even if they fall off track, it's very easy for them to get back on track. Okay, so I'm I'm yeah. in this I'm in this for the long run, and I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing, uh, and I'm sure you're doing the same thing. I believe you're gonna be doing the same thing. So, yep. you know, together, myself, you, and all the fitness people who believe in this philosophy, you know, it's not a it's not one time thing. It's a it's a long it's a marathon or a sprint. Um, I think if we all come together and provide support, we provide motivation, inspiration to people out there. I think people will, we're going to help, you know, change a lot of lives, you know, in the long run. So let's keep doing what we're doing. Hey, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's the most beautiful feeling knowing that maybe even if it's something as small as you help somebody get out the door on a Tuesday when they didn't want to, mm-hmm. all the way up until like you potentially um, help them make changes in their life that, that were completely life-changing. 
And Not- no, I think it's beautiful and absolutely rewarding. And our purpose on this earth isn't to serve ourselves, it's to serve others. And we're happiest when we're doing those things. And I think that you hit it exactly. Uh, the last question I think that we have for you is where can tell us where uh, where our listeners can find you to get that to get that motivation to learn from you to reach out to you. Yeah, so um, I'm I pretty big on Instagram. It's uh, Benjamin uh, B E N J A M I N underscore my last name S A A H, um, and you should see a little. Uh, a little smile, smiley face on there. Uh, people think I'm weird because I'm always smiling, even if I'm in pain. Uh, I can, I can help it. So Benjamin underscore Sa on Instagram, you will find me there. Uh, feel free to send me a message. I will be happy to respond to you. Um, um, I will be happy to respond to you back. All right. Well, that's great. Um, so that's that's Benjamin underscore Sa. Um, he's always he's always smiling. He's always happy. <laughs> it's it's absolutely contagious uh, to see you smiling like that because I know when I'm in pain, it doesn't look pretty. And there's a lot of photo <laughs> proof of it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ugly, man. It's pretty ugly. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Um, no problem. But yeah, Ben, thank you so much for joining us on here, man. I'm I'm honored to call you a friend. You're such a you're such a good person, and we look to see we're looking and we're excited to see more from you. Um, but but again, thanks again for coming on, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, man, definitely appreciate, appreciate it. All right, you until all. thank you. Yes, yes, sir. Until next time, stay strong, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Finding Strong Podcast. As always, if this episode brought you value, um, please like, share, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, share us on Instagram, tell the world about us. Thanks again, and stay strong.